Listen, I am telling you, man, uh, when I think even about my daughter right now, like wedding days, the wedding day for a, uh, for a girl, for and not only this, but then later for a young lady and then for a woman. And she, it is a big deal. How many of you know wedding day is a big deal? And for many young ladies, I mean, it, they just dream and desire this fairy tale wedding. And, you know, a lot of us have had to compromise. Come on, somebody. Because of these COVID weddings. <laughs> these COVID weddings have been, have been serious, fam. They've been doing some challenges. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that it is uh, problematic to many of you. It is challenging for many of you, especially for a young lady, when the fairy tale that you had when the dream that you had as to what the wedding should look like and what the, you know, uh, what this fairy tale dream wedding would look like and all of that, when the life is sucked out of it or when the things go differently than you planned. One of the worst things on earth for you to experience, come on, is a bridezilla. Y'all don't want to be real with me today. <laughs> when things don't go according to plan, you know, when you were hoping for 300 people and then they show up talking about you can only have 15. I mean, it is just out of the ordinary. It is challenging, especially because it matters so much to you. And, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm thinking about this and how plans often go awry as it pertains to marriage, you know, this story about Mary... At which we're getting ready to dive into and the one that we hear all the time about this virgin birth. I really think that a lot of times we, you know, we think about it in some lofty biblical perspective. And it's imperative though for us to grab it out of the air and really think about this fam. Like if you really lean in and think about what actually happened. Imagine Mary, here she is, a teenager, late teens, and she's in her position where she is, Bible says, look in the text, uh, verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, hope you listened and you were there, you're there. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, everybody say Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. So here we go. Uh, Mary is betrothed. Now, I want you to understand, this is engagement, but this is engagement on steroids. Culturally, in this day and time, when somebody is betrothed to somebody, they're as good as married. This ain't no sneaking away, eloping type stuff, craziness like this. This is, yo, you, are, you probably paid like 500 cows. You know, there's some sorts of dowry stuff going on. Like, it's very serious, very involved. If you have ever been in a culture outside of this Western culture to experience how marriages go, it is serious. I've been privileged uh, to be a part, you know, in, in certain African cultures. And, and they love all of the, the pomp and the stuff that goes into it and the joining of families. And so, this is a serious thing. It's as good as done. And they're engaged, they're in this position, they are betrothed to Joseph of the house of David, which is fulfilling scripture, I don't have much time to get into that today. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. So here she is. She engaged. 
probably already bought the dress, all this sort of stuff, getting ready. Everything is cool. All of the trimmings, everything is being prepared for this wedding feast and all of this. And she has a plan. She has things set as to how it is that it's going to go. And suddenly now, someone shows up, this angel. And angels, for those of you, if you look at just even by definition, they are known as messengers. Somebody say messengers. A messenger shows up and tells her, hey, you know what? That venue that you booked uh, is going to be, you know. No, he says, yo, you are going to be pregnant and you didn't even get it in. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He says, you are finna be pregnant. You weren't together with the engaged. And this thing is going to be called holy. And you're going to call his name Jesus. Er, hold on a second. Again, I want you to think about it. If that was you. Because this is what I want you to understand. Again, no, no, mind you, the cultural context that they're in, this is not some, this is not acceptable. Now, it's acceptable for people to be pregnant, you know, outside of marriage. It's more acceptable in the culture, I mean. The culture is more accepting of this, to put the cart before the horse and all of this. And, uh, you know, to, to test the milk before you buy the cow and all this. This is just more, can we just, you know, just got to... It's more acceptable in the culture. But they would stone people for doing stuff like this. I want you to understand this. I want you to get the cultural context. So the angel shows up and is like, you are going to be pregnant. You have not had relations with Joseph. And it's going to be holy. Man, can I tell you that is a reason to be fearful? Like, I mean... What do you mean? Are you serious? I had this plan. I had this thing. Man, doesn't this sound like, but, but, but it's amazing because what the angel tells her is, uh, watch this, says, Mary, don't be afraid because you have found favor with God. Uh, does that sound like you found favor with God? Don't be afraid. God, how could you put this on me in this season? God, I had plans. I want to just come against an attack, fear that is attached to the change of plans. I know you couldn't have the wedding that you planned. I know that right before Christmas, they walked into the office and said, this is going to be your last month with us. Come on, somebody. I know that you got that diagnosis that you did not desire, that you're like, man, how on earth I had all these plans and suddenly now they're using the big C word. Oh, can I just deal with it today? Yeah. I know that you had the ring on your finger, the dress picked out, and then the fiance showed up. And when he showed up in the room, he said, I don't love you anymore. And I don't want to get married to you. A change of plans. Come on, somebody. You planned it. You had it. You booked it. You were ready for it. There are many of you who will experience all of these things. Uh, and you know, the thing is, isn't it difficult? Because Mary's like, man, I just want to know and understand what it is that's going on in this situation. Bible says she's trying to figure out if this is a good saying or this is a bad saying. But he says, no, you have found favor with the Lord. Can I tell you that when it is that you are serving God and a change of plans happens, when it is that you are following the plans of God and things happen that might present themselves to you in a challenging way, how many of you know that just because it's good doesn't mean it's not challenging? Let me say that again. I want you to grab this. I want you to get this. I believe there's breakthrough in the house for somebody today. Just because it's good doesn't mean that it's not going to be challenging. 
So many, we're looking, we're saying, oh, this can't be God because it's proposing and presenting a challenge. But no, he says, even though this is crazy, it's going to change the trajectory of your life. What is in you is holy. What's in you is named Jesus. Come on, somebody. He is God. God with us. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God with us. He is going to come and save the people from their sins. And although it's difficult and it's challenging, you have found favor with God sometimes what you're in and what you're up against and the challenges you face is not because you have disobeyed God it's because you found favor with God oh, who can I talk to today some some of the stuff that you're in is because God has prepared you for that test and that challenge that's up against you and he says oh this person I believe that by the spirit of God that I have placed in them come on that they are going to be capable of being able in this difficult situation come on online and in the house to present Jesus to the world I mean what did she do to deserve it what did she do I mean there's some of you you're like man what did I do I've been treating people nice and this happened how about this I've been eating right and exercising and I still got that diagnosis this see a lot of us we think that you are protected from health challenges because you uh you idolize and this is the thing i want you to understand god has to humble some of us because you've been putting your trust in the workout am i allowed to go here today you've been putting your trust in a diet come on somebody and many of y'all been obsessing over what you're not eating come on and what you're eating and all this stuff and how and yes yes work out yes watch what you eat but you better not put your trust in no treadmill come on somebody you better not put no trust here it is in no keto you better put your trust in the king of kings and the lord of lords and yes although those things are good how many of you know they're not foolproof Oh, I didn't mean to go here on today, but I just, I just want you to understand this, fam. Some of us with this arrogance and this pride, and God has to humble you. And so, fact of the matter is, she's here. The Bible says that you will call his name Jesus. How many of you know? Can I just teach some theology for a second? Jesus uh, was not always Jesus' name. It says you will call his name Jesus. He is the eternal Son of God. In other words, he has always been the son of God in terms of rank, right? But Jesus did not come into existence when he was born of Mary. See, this is the thing. I want to tell you this because there are a lot of people. This is why we value theology. This is why when we're done the service or done this part, we're going to recite the Nicene Creed uh, because it's important to make sure people have a historic and a proper understanding of who Jesus is. Because we got all sorts of people saying all sorts of stuff about Jesus and tripping a lot of us up. Talking about, oh, well, Jesus, he, you know, how was he God? He was, just, he was born. But the fact of the matter is that he did not come into existence when he was incarnated. But, uh, any Bible readers, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. He was known as the word of God prior to coming into the earth. And the word was with God. Watch this, stating that he was a part of the Trinity and he was God. Oh, any Bible readers? In other words, he possessed divinity. And the word then, verse 14 of John chapter 1, became flesh and dwelt among us. So he was already God. And this is God coming to earth. You know what Jesus means? Jesus means Yahweh rescues. 
Or Yahweh is salvation. Who is Yahweh? Yahweh is the name of the Trinity. Yahweh is the name of the Most High God. If you look throughout history, this is the name of the Most High God. There are names like Baal and Dagon, like you've heard me preach about throughout this series, and names of other gods. But Yahweh is the Most High God. The God of the Hebrews from times past that was revealed to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that was always exalting and showing his power over false gods Yahweh is the most high God they wouldn't even say his name like that they wouldn't even write his name completely because of the sacred nature of the name and so fact of the matter is that Yahweh the most high God came on a rescue mission through Jesus oh I love it. anybody else love this stuff other than me I mean is this dope so so now so what happens is uh, Jesus God comes in miraculously into Mary and she is impregnated and I want to can I just tell you something I am so grateful for the mother of God and I know a lot of people you know when they think about this they wonder they say oh why you call why do we refer to Mary as the mother of God well the fact of the matter is this is important because it declares and perpetuates throughout history that what was in Mary was not just man and although she didn't give birth to the Trinity, who was in her was not just a mere man. And so calling and referring to Mary as the mother of God, it's not because she deserves worship or because she co-earned our salvation or anything of this nature. But we honor her, yes, because of her, yes, but also because and we recognize that she had God in her womb. The Eastern Christians, they would refer to her, here's a Greek word for you, as the Theotokos. I want you to say that. Here we go. Speaking in tongues. One, two, three. Theotokos. And what this means is the God-bearer. She is the God-bearer, the mother of God, the Theotokos. In other words, what was in her womb was not just an ordinary man, but was God in flesh. I love this stuff. You know, isn't it crazy? Because... A woman was the one that, ja that uh, ate the fruit in the beginning. Oh, can I just talk about the parallels? <laughs> she messes it up and eats a fruit. But then another woman shows up with a yes. Come on, somebody. And this is why she's seen as a second. And many see her as a type of a second, uh, a second Eve. Because she shows up and there's fruit in her womb that's blessed. Oh, any other... So it gets messed up because one, the first woman jacked up and ate the wrong fruit. Now another woman shows up and God uses her to bring salvation to the world or through her and through what is in her womb rather that salvation comes to the world. That's some powerful stuff, y'all. So no, we don't worship her, but we honor, we honor the fact that God used her in this regard. So I'm in, I'm in verse 32. We're going line on line. Here we go. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. This is why we say he's eternally the son of God in rank. Not that he was born into eternity or he was uh, created. In, no, the Bible says in that same John chapter 1 that everything was created through Jesus. And so the fact of the matter is he is known as the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob and of his kingdom there will be no end. And here's verse 34. Watch Mary. Mary says to the angel, how will this be? since I am a virgin and the angel answered her the Holy Spirit will come upon you 
and the power of the most high will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the son of god i love this because uh, mary is in a position she preparing to get married she is betrothed to joseph and a plan a change of plan shows up in her circle something goes different than she is a than she was planning on it and yes now we know that it's god coming to us in flesh through her but just think about it on the level of her as a human just being there and the plan changes and she's like how on earth am i supposed to do this how is this supposed to happen this thing that you said how is it gonna happen and here it's made clear he watch this he says the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you there are many of you you're like man with this shift in plans how am i supposed to make it the thing that happened this diagnosis how is god supposed to be seen through me in this situation i mean because of x y and z isn't it possible for us and isn't it real for us at times to wonder how on earth are we going to make it when things happen to us while we are standing for truth and we don't, we can't put one and one, one plus one together and see the two being equal. We don't know. And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. In other words, it's not your, you that's going to do it in your own strength. It's the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to come on you and cause this to happen. And then watch this, not only this, but he goes on and he says, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Aren't you glad to be under the shadow of the Most High? Oh, I hear the Bible. Those of us that dwell in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Any Bible readers in this place? It is good thing to know that not only is Jesus, is God going to empower me, but God is also going to cover me. And through this, God hasn't called you to navigate it by yourself, but he has called you. He has called you and he to empower you and to overshadow you. And I love verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. And it's beautiful. I have to note verse 36. Here it is. And behold, your relative in her old age also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who has been called barren. So God then highlights a family member who he did a miracle in their life, not for jealousy, not for comparison, but for inspiration. Oh, I love it. I love it. When it is uh, that God has called you to do something and he says uh, that he is, there's a change of plans, he often will highlight people in your life who have made it through the storm that you are about to go through or are going through right now. And many of us slip into jealousy, come on somebody, into comparison and into covetousness when God instead has shown you and given you their testimony for inspiration. And I challenge you when it is that you are facing these things and stuff comes up against you and you are faced with fear as the children told us in Serve City Kids because you're wondering how is it going to happen. Remember that God is going to empower you and overshadow you. Nothing is impossible with him and you look for inspiration 
as opposed to comparison in those who are around you. Because how many of you know that you're not the only one who has experienced or will experience transformation and change and that God can has done it in the lives, in many cases, of those who are around you. And that's why it's important that you just don't do life by yourself. Oh, I hear it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation that has taken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful who won't allow you to be tested above that which you are able. But with the way of with the uh, challenge will make a way of escape for you to be able to bear it. And so now we are left. Here's what we can learn from the mother of God. Here's what we can learn from Mary, from the Theotokos in this moment. And we can apply to our lives as we are facing fear uh, that comes with a shift in plans. Look what she says in verse 38. And Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Oh God, that we would have that yes in our spirit. Oh God, that we would have that yes like your mother did in, in our spirit. When we are faced with fear that's attached to transition or to things not going according to plan. She says, be it unto me. And so I don't know what it is that you're facing today. Even a good thing, that's a challenging thing. See, a lot of times people are challenged because they don't realize how many of you know that sometimes it's more difficult to prosper than it is to be in a place of lack. Sometimes it's more difficult for you to have stuff than not have stuff. And so today, whether it's the challenges associated with abundance or it's the challenge of going through this season without a loved one that you wish that would be here with you, or whatever it is, I dare you to give God your yes and watch him bless you through it and bless others while he's doing it as well. And so in this moment, I call you. I call you in the midst of the mess. I call you in the midst of the transition. How many of you know, for many people, this is not the most wonderful time of the year. And so we call onto you to put your trust in Jesus. And to open yourself to God being able to reveal himself to and through you, even in this season. Don't be scared. And someone here is like, man, why should I trust Jesus? I do not know him. I don't have a relationship with God. I mean, you might be someone who, you know, worships idols or someone who came up in a different faith tradition or something of this nature. And I want to tell you that although we respect you and all of this, that there is someone and something better out there than any idol that you can worship, than any seance that you can sit in, than any love that you could experience from anybody, any crystal that you could put up in your house, any sage that you could burn. Can I just call the roll? Any tarot card that you could read? Any psychic that you could visit? And his name is Jesus. And you're wondering, why did Jesus have to come? The Bible makes it clear thousands of years ago. This is why stuff is jacked up. Like I said, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God, our first parents. And consequently, sin has passed on to all generations. This is why the Bible says, we makes it clear, we are born in sin. I don't have to teach my children how to sin or how to disobey God. 
They do it all by themselves. They came out taking stuff that they weren't supposed to take. Because it's hereditary. All the parents said, Amen. And the Bible makes it clear the wages of sin is death. I don't have to convince you that people are dying, but we were not supposed to die. And not only death, but also death in hell. Hell wasn't even created for us. But we joined destiny with Satan. It was created for Satan and his angels. And we joined destiny when we disobeyed God and followed what Satan said. But I love the B part of Romans 6.23 says, The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Somebody say eternal life. And so Yahweh, the most high God, put on flesh. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send some other, you know, being. But he came himself in the person of Jesus and lived perfectly because you and I wouldn't. This is what I love. I love it. And he lived perfect. He got on a cross and he died for your sins and for my sins. And he rose from death miraculously with all power, just like he was born miraculously. And today he extends to all of you the opportunity to come to God, to get right with God, to have peace with God. He is the prince of peace. Not just to give you peace as you go through life, but to make peace between you and God. To close that gap in that breach. And so today, if you're under the sound of my voice, you, while you have the readiness of mind, while you have the activity of your limbs, while the blood is running warm in your veins, I call you to put your trust and your faith in Jesus. And so somebody's saying, how do I do that? How do I get right with God? How do I begin a relationship with God? Well, the Bible says a number of things in regards to salvation, but summed up, and three things we would say repent everybody say repent repent means to acknowledge that you are a sinner to not only acknowledge that you are a sinner but to ask God and say God I, I'm sorry I'm sorry I have a broken heart over my sin and my sinfulness and I don't want to follow Satan anymore I don't want to follow my own self anymore and just live live for myself but I want to turn in faith and believe somebody say believe believe that you came Believe that you died. Believe that you rose from dead with all power. And I, I, I want to put my faith in you and what you did for me. And then lastly, talks about be baptized. Somebody say be baptized. And being baptized in combination with your repentance and your faith. We dip you in the water showing that you have, your whole life is buried with Christ. And then we bring you up out the water. It's a big celebration here at Surf City. Where we say that you have risen to new life with Christ. And so today, if you have never made the decision to trust Jesus, if you have never given him your life, if you have never been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in water by immersion, and you're like, you know what, Pastor Andrew, that's me. Today it's me. Today I hear about this great gift. And today I want, I want to put my trust in Jesus. I want to give him my life. I want to do so. Or someone today, number two, you might be here and you're like, man, I, I did that. I was baptized. I meant it, all that stuff. And I ran away from God and all the craziness of this world took me away. And I'm here to tell you that you might have run away from God, but he's never run away from you. And you're saying, do I have to get re-baptized? No, if you got baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and you meant it, you can return to the grace of your baptism. 
And there is room at the table for you. And so you today, under the sound of my voice, every head bowed, every eye closed. It's a time of introspection. Do you have a relationship with God through Jesus? Have you responded to the gospel in this amazing love gift that we've received by being baptized? Number two, are you someone that might have already begun a relationship with Jesus, but you need to come back home today on this Christmas Sunday? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give you a moment online as well to participate. If that is you, and you're like, I'm not leaving here today without giving my life to Jesus or repenting and coming back home today. If that person is you on the count of three, I want you to pop that hand up real high where you are. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, pop that hand up if that person is you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I saw that hand. I see those hands. Glory to God. I see those hands. Glory to the Lord. All right, go ahead. Let's put those hands down in the house. Can we open our eyes and can we celebrate those in the house and online? that have made decisions for Jesus today. Come on, we can do better than that. The Bible says heaven rejoices over one soul that comes to repentance. I saw several hands for decisions today. And so we ought to celebrate glory to our God.